This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family so to get your own active skin repair go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20 percent off your order when you use the code shameless that's activeskinrepair.com use the code shameless for 20 percent off your order activeskinrepair.com code shameless This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 255. Show notes for this episode, including all links mentioned and any discount codes for our sponsors can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 255. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Quick, super exciting announcement before we get started today. I'm bringing back the Shameless Mom Momentum Mamas. So I've done these groups before for limited time offerings and coming back by popular, popular demand. I am going to be shortly kicking off the Shameless Mom Momentum Mamas as an ongoing program, an ongoing community for our listeners to be in, to receive group coaching, to build momentum in any area of your life. This has been an extremely successful program when I've run it in the past. Women and moms have made life-changing improvements in very short amounts of time, and it's been amazing to watch. So I cannot wait to do it again. So if you are looking to create a stronger sense of self-identity or cultivate confidence and courage in your life, maybe you want to pursue new passions or figure out what the heck you're even passionate about. Maybe you want to implement healthier habits and routines or build better boundaries and relationships. Maybe you want to adopt an abundance mindset to be more in touch with your ability to have abundance around time, money, and energy. Or maybe you just want to make some new shameless mama friends. 
This will be the place for you. In the Shameless Mom Momentum Mastermind, you are going to get weekly group coaching with me. You're going to get cheat sheets, templates, and toolkits that are going to support you every single week in working toward your goals. You're going to get access to a private Facebook group. We will have a monthly book club. I'm so excited about this. We will have a monthly happy hour. Yes, please. And best of all, this is all virtual. We will meet via Zoom video conferencing. So We'll all get to see each other on video and interact and engage and build community and learn from each other, get group coaching, make new friendships. It's going to be amazing. I will also be bringing in some special guest experts just for our Shameless Mom Momentum Mama. So if you are interested, get on the wait list. You can go to shamelessmom.com forward slash wait list to get on the wait list. And I will have more information coming out in the next week or so, so that you can join us and get started in the Shameless Mom Momentum Mamas. Hello, Shameless Moms. I'm so happy to be bringing you a new Shameless Mom of the Week. Remember, you can nominate yourself for Shameless Mom of the Week. It's super simple. And you don't have to think that you're like the best mom in the world to do it or the most shameless mom. It's totally open to anyone. All you do is go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review, and that's going to drop you into our Apple podcast portal. And when you're in there, you do this from your phone. It's a little easier than your laptop. You're going to scroll down to ratings and reviews or write a review, and there'll be a place for you to rate the show and review the show. And in the review section, you're going to write how the Shameless Mom Academy has made you a more shameless mom. And I go through and pick out a new shameless mom every week. So this week's shameless mom is Sandra from Columbus, Ohio. When you write in your nomination, make sure you put your name and where you're from in the nomination because otherwise I don't know who you are. And I like to be able to say names as much as I can and give people personalized shout outs. So here's what Sandra has to say. As a mom to a 20 month old daughter, this podcast has helped me connect to the new me that is a mom. My counselor suggested that I read mom books and magazines to feel more connected to what I call the new me. Stumbling across this podcast was exactly what I needed though. I've been listening for the past few months and I feel more strengthened in who I am, which has had a positive impact on my relationships. I recently listened to the five ways to love the skin you're in and did so just in time. We just got back from a family vacation and I saw that my husband posted a family pic of the two of us with our daughters on the beach and our bathing suits on Facebook. I started to cringe, but then remembered what Sarah said and immediately forced my mindset to a positive perspective, assuming that my husband posted this picture because he loved the way we all looked and cherished the vacation that we had. And I continued to think that if anyone bashed me for my imperfectly perfect body, instead of seeing how happy we looked, then that is their issue. Thank you, Sarah, for continually giving me a different and more positive way to look at myself and my life. Sandra from Columbus, Ohio. Oh, Sandra, I love this. This is so great. And I can tell that you have integrated information from multiple episodes to write this review. So first of all, I'm so proud of you for using the podcast as a new mom resource. I think that reading books on parenting and magazines and things like that are really great. But I also think that a podcast like this that is just about how to take care of you and be more shameless in your everyday life. And it's not necessarily about like how to do like how to wean your baby off of a binky or which baby bottles are best or like any of those kinds of things. I think this is actually really what most parents need for resources more so than some of the other parenting advice, like the other parenting advice on how to manage temper tantrums and those kinds of things can be helpful. But I think there's so much benefit to learning how to work on your mental headspace, learning how to live more shamelessly and unapologetically, and just really focusing on taking care of you because you deserve that. So I love that you've incorporated that, Sandra. 
I love everything that you said about the family photo on the beach and that, yes, your husband posted it because he thinks that you all look amazing and it was such a happy memory of a special time. And sometimes we get caught up in things being picture perfect or not being picture perfect on social media. And we have to remember that the essence of that photo being posted by your husband was the joy that that memory brought him and to allow ourselves to beat ourselves up over maybe how we look in a bathing suit instead of remembering that moment and the magic of it can be so detrimental. And so much can be lost on not just remembering the magic of a moment when we're caught up on like cellulite or silly things like that. So I love that you addressed that. And also, lastly, yes, if someone looks at your picture and they're like, oh my gosh, look at her belly fat in that picture. That is about them. It is not about you. And what someone else thinks about your body is not your business. That's their business. And if it's a negative thought that they're having, it's probably based on their own insecurity. Because most of the time, people talk smack about other people's bodies because they don't think highly of their own. And I can tell you after being in the fitness industry for 16 years, I've seen this over and over and over again. And I can also tell you that I have been most critical of other people's bodies when I have felt worst about my own. So I really, really love that Sandra addressed so many really key topics here and really powerful learning moments and messages that she's gotten out of the podcast. So that means the world to me. Thank you so much, Sandra. You are Shameless Mom of the Week. Yay. Congratulations. Okay. I can't wait to see who Shameless Mom of the Week next week. So make sure you pop over and get yourself nominated at shamelessmom.com forward slash review. And now let's talk about something a little nittier and grittier. Let's talk about having a baby at home. Okay, mamas, so here we go. We're going to dive into this. We're going to talk about my home birth and my expectations versus my reality. But before we do that, I have to come clean and confess. I have done this like one, maybe two other times in the lifespan of this podcast in over 250 episodes where I recorded something and then sat on it for a minute. Actually, no, I've only done this one other time. I can say that definitively. And I've sat on it, slept on it overnight and been like, eh, I don't think I like how that turned out. And then re-recorded the whole thing. Because first of all, I just don't have time to go back and re-record things. But I thought about what I said in this episode, talking about my home birth experience. And I realized that I had the message all wrong and that I wasn't really doing you a service if I left it as is. And so... I had to redo it because that's just what you do when you want to be of service. And I'll tell you, the first version of this episode was mostly about the logistics of me doing a home birth, which might be completely entertaining. And I will cover some of that in this episode because there's some parts that are really like they're worth sharing so that you can file them away in your like catalog of things to laugh at and laugh about for the rest of your life because they are definitely laugh worthy. But I think that there's some other things that are way more significant than the logistics of me giving birth at home and some really valuable lessons that I learned and some insights that I have that are more important than me taking you through the timeline of my home birth. So I will start out and say that I opted to do a home birth because I did a lot of research on this 
and it felt like the right decision for me. I had a low-risk pregnancy. I would only do this with a low-risk pregnancy. I did it with my naturopath midwife who was extremely experienced, and I trusted her implicitly to make sure that this was a safe and appropriate experience for me. I had my midwife present. I had her resident assistant present. I had a doula. I had the doula assistant in training present, and then there was my husband. So it was kind of houseful. And I had some friends who were like against me doing a home birth who did not think this was safe or appropriate or reasonable or wise. And I will say to you the same thing I said to them is that this wasn't a choice I made in a position of soliciting feedback. So I'm definitely like, I'm not sharing this episode or this story to ask you your opinion on home births because I know that the opinions are wide and varied and maybe very polarizing. And so that's not the purpose of this episode. I will also tell you that there's a lot of amazing, very sound research to back up home births. But I also completely understand that there's a lot of people that don't feel comfortable with them. So I really see both sides of it. And I will let you know that having had a home birth and having had a very safe labor and delivery process and really having it be pretty much like textbook home birth experience, I wouldn't do it again. And not because it was bad, but because oh my God, give me drugs next time. And so that's kind of what we're going to get into. I went into this experience very aware of why I was doing it. I didn't want to have a lot of medical interventions in my birth experience. Like I really wanted to avoid things like Pitocin at all costs. So my perspective based on research was that if you let the birth process happen naturally, that it's more manageable for your body. Because from an evolutionary standpoint, like this is what's supposed to happen when you start to put in things like Pitocin. Now, I'm not saying that there's not medical reasons to use Pitocin at times. There definitely is. But when you start to introduce things like Pitocin and medical interventions, that's when things get extremely painful. The risk for the birth process slowing down comes into play, which can lead to more need for more medical interventions. And it kind of can become, it, I'm not saying it always does, but it can become a vicious cycle of medical interventions that lead to many things that are maybe potentially not necessary that can lead you to possibly having a cesarean section, which is a surgery that comes with its own set of risks and all those kinds of things. So my thought with my low-risk pregnancy with the approval of my doctor was that a home birth seemed to be the most reasonable thing for me given where I was and what I wanted out of my birth experience. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this is, show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for 
understood explains and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. EarnIn is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the EarnIn app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earnin can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earn In today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. And I looked into doing it at a birthing center because I know people are going to ask me about this. I looked into doing it at a birthing center and birthing centers do not have any more medical capacity or medical intervention availability than what a midwife naturopath carries with him or her to a home birth. And so I knew that it wouldn't really be an advantage to go to a birthing center. The birthing centers that were at my disposal were actually not any closer to the hospitals that I would have used. And they oftentimes, because for insurance reasons, you often are not allowed to stay there for very long. And so you often like give birth and then like six hours later, you need to be discharged. And I was like, I don't want to give birth and like six hours later, have to like pack my bag and go home. I'd rather just be at home or be in a hospital for that matter, where I can at least like spend the night and like maybe get a little bit of rest. But I don't want to like have to pack a bag after taking a two hour nap to go home. So a birthing center didn't seem like a good option for me. And so I decided to have a baby at home. And so this was almost six years ago. And I, at that time, and I would say this now, like I felt like I am very strong and I am very capable. I have proven over and over that my body is able to manage physical pain for long periods of time. I've done a lot of distance running and triathlons. I ran a marathon that I hated every minute of and I came out just fine. So I was like, you know, I can do this. I can breathe my way through this whole childbirth thing. And it's going to be fine. I'm just going to take it as it comes. I'm going to take deep breaths. I'm going to listen to my body and follow its cues and like be in touch with my body's intuition, which I'm generally not good at, but I think I'm going to really embrace that for this experience, for this like transformational life experience. 
So actually a few months before my due date, my husband and I took a series of childbirthing classes that were all specific to doing home births or unmedicated births. And part of that process was that we got this DVD that had 17 minutes of actual natural birth footage. And every minute was a different woman at a different stage of labor. And it was fascinating. It was also horrifying because these women were doing things like yodeling, screaming, seeming to be like entranced and maybe in the bodies of like animals. Like it was a little weird for sure. The first few times we watched and we were given this DVD and we were told you should watch this like three times a week for the rest of this class. And I later realized that the purpose of this DVD was to desensitize us, to desensitize us to all of the things that happen in natural childbirth, because the things that happen in natural childbirth are like crazy animalistic experiences. that (laughs) It's not like what happens on TV when you see a birth. And I remember watching this DVD with my husband and being like, don't worry, that won't be me. Like, I'm not going to yodel while I'm giving birth. You were good. Also, I'm not going to make animal sounds. And also, I'm not going to lose my mind. And also, especially, I'm not going to have you like get in the birth tub with me because that's disgusting. And I will tell you that on the other side of having a home birth, all those things happened. And I talked about them as they were happening. Literally, like as I'm making the noises, I'm like, screaming and crying to my husband, oh my God, I'm doing that thing that the lady in the video did. Like, I think I'm yodeling. (laughs) And he's like, no, you're good. You're good. It's fine. And then when it came time to get into the birth tub, I was like, the midwife doctor says to me or says to my husband, are you going to get in with her? And he like looks at me for like a cue as to whether or not he should get in. I was like, yeah, yeah, he's getting in. Like if I have to have endured this entire day, of insanity and pain, he can get in the tub with me and deal with whatever comes with that. And I knew that the risk of him getting in the tub was the risk of him being surrounded by a lot of fluid and maybe some poop. And what I didn't consider was that on top of that, I also might physically beat him up with my body, which happened. And we were both very physically sore the next day. So my labor My water broke very early in the morning, at about 4.30 in the morning, a week before my due date. I was determined to not have my baby a week early because I was supposed to rest that week. That was my week that I had actually, I just moved gym locations across town and I had gotten everything moved and all settled and I had one week where I did not have any responsibilities and I was done, like I had spent three days on my hands and knees laying flooring at 37 weeks pregnant and I was like, I'm done with all that. I'm done teaching classes. I have a whole week now to just lay on the couch and chill. And that night that I finished all my responsibilities is the night that my water broke at 4.30 in the morning. I got up to go to the bathroom. I finished peeing and I was like, wait a minute, I'm done peeing. Something's still coming out. And I texted my doctor and she's like, yeah, so that's amniotic fluid to which I just decided that I would squeeze my legs together very tightly because I was not about to give up my week of rest. And to which my son said, I have other plans and the fluid kept coming out. And my doctor told me that I was going to be in labor very soon. So I went through this 14 hour experience. My labor was 14 hours. Basically from the moment my contraction started, I thought that he was arriving any minute now because (laughs) 
I was a little bit confused as to what labor pain really felt like. So as soon as I started having minimal cramping, I was pretty sure I was in active labor and that he could like basically fall out of me. And I did not realize for many, many hours how bad it could get. And when I did realize how bad it could get, all I wanted was a hospital and all of the drugs in the world. So my intuition in childbirth was to want to be on my hands and knees because that gave me the most physical relief. And my doctor said, that's not going to help this progress. So you can spend time there if that gives you relief, but that's not going to help this birth progress. And I was like determined to spend as little time as possible in childbirth because it was so awful. So I was like, okay, like if on my hands and knees is not going to help this progress, then we're not spending any time there. So from the time she told me that, I was like, what are we doing? Squatting, like birth stool, tell me what it is, we will do that. And that's what we did. And I very clearly verbalized that I hated every single minute of it, but I spent many hours squatting and I would get into a squat position and I would stay there for multiple contractions while he would hold onto my arms and help me balance. My whole body hurt the next day from squatting. My doula was like, wow. (laughs) She's like, can we talk about all the squatting you did? that was a lot of squatting. Like, how are your quads doing? I spent a lot of time squatting. I also spent a lot of time laboring on the toilet. Like anything my doctor said that would kind of help me get in position to get this baby out, I was willing to do. Also, we were at home and I was very conscientious of the fact that it was a Sunday afternoon and I did not feel it would be appropriate for me to be screaming in the middle of the night, potentially waking up my neighbors. I'm in a densely populated city in the middle of Seattle, like in the definitely in the heart of the city here. And our neighbors are very close to us. And I was like, I can't like keep my neighbors up in the middle of the night while I sound like I'm being murdered while I'm giving birth. And so in my mind, I was like, this baby has to come basically before bedtime on Sunday night. And my doctor told me later that when she checked me at one point on Sunday afternoon, she thought for sure that this baby would not come until the next day, like Monday around noon. Oh, no. Like, and thank God she didn't tell me that because I would have like probably reset my expectations. So I'm so appreciative that she did not tell me that. Because in my mind, like he was coming that night, no matter what, like this was not going to be an overnight adventure. We were not like slumber partying around this home birth. And so he ended up coming at about 1130 on Sunday night. And she was pretty shocked because I went from like not progressing at all to doing my million squats and then progressing pretty quickly. And she's like, yeah, I really didn't see that coming. (laughs) Like, she's like, I thought you had a good 12 hours left in you after beyond what you actually did. So Vinny was born in the birthing tub in our house and with the dog right next to me and my husband in the birthing tub while I screamed and pooped in the tub. I did not open my eyes for about 12 hours straight. Like I literally remember opening my eyes after Vinny was born and thinking, oh my God, my eyes have been closed this whole entire day. And I didn't even realize that they were closed (laughs) until the day was over and he was born. And then I was like, wow, huh? I've had my eyes closed this whole entire day. I thought that I would have a better understanding of what was happening as it was happening. So like in my mind, first of all, I thought when I got in the birth tub that the pain would go away. I had this like very false sense that like as soon as I get in the water, I'll be pain free. Like basically water is an epidural is what I thought. Yeah. So that's a lie. I, like no one ever told me that. I think I just made it up. I think because I saw so many women like taking baths in labor or something. And I'd heard about that being a thing. 
I was like, well, clearly that like gives you a ton of pain relief. So like that makes it pain-free. So it was very disheartening when I got in the water. Finally, I was able to get in the birth tub after my doctor gave me permission because there's a little bit of increased risk factor. If your water's broken and you get in water, the risk of infection goes up. So she's like, you can't get in the birth tub until you progress pretty far because the risk of infection, we don't want you sitting in this water with your open amniotic sac for very long. So we have to make sure that we think that things have progressed pretty far before we let you get in the water. So it felt like it took a very long time for me to get the blessing to get in the water. And then it was pretty heartbreaking that the pain did not go away once I was in the water. Still felt everything. I did feel like I could move a little bit more. During active labor, when I was not in the birthing tub, I felt like my body was like rigor mortis and I literally felt like I could not move. And every time the doctor would suggest me moving positions, that was very overwhelming to me. <laughs> like it required four people to help me move my body. So at least once I got in the tub, I felt like I could move in between contractions, but it didn't like ease the pain of the contractions really. So anyways, Vinny is born into water. I, prior to him being born, had this thing in my mind. So like I said, at the beginning of this, I thought I'm strong. I'm mentally strong. I'm physically strong. I'm a personal trainer. Like I've been a trainer for many years. I have run marathons. I've run triathlons. Like I've done things that really, really suck and that are really hard on my body. I'm pretty sure I can like just breathe real deep and push a baby out. And I remember being really set on like, when it's time to push, I'm going to do the two biggest, best pushes of my life. And this child's going to come out. And so I did the two biggest, best pushes of my life. And the doctor said, if you reach down now, you can feel his head. And I reached down and I felt maybe a dime size piece of head. And that was crushing because I thought that the whole head should be out and it wasn't. And I realized how much work I had left ahead of me to push. And I believe I pushed for an hour and a half, which I understand is not a super long time in the world of pushing. But when you're the one pushing, oh my God, it's a really long time. I mean, you don't have drugs, it's a really long time. And I kept thinking, I'm going to push again and his head's going to come out and I'm not going to know. So every time I would push, I would ask, is it out? Is it out? And she's like, you're going to know when it comes out. But I thought I was going to miss it. Like I thought I wouldn't feel it. Well, let me just tell you, if you haven't had a natural birth, wow, when that head comes out, Like there's no mistaking that something has come out of your body. And then I knew from the time that the head comes out till the body comes out, you only have two minutes if you're in water and then you have to get out of the tub. And I can tell you, I watched YouTube videos of women doing this. And I was like, there's no way in hell I'm going to climb out of this tub at this state with a baby hanging out of me with its head hanging out to reposition myself to give birth to the rest of the body. So I was like, I have two minutes. This head is out. I have two minutes. I will push with everything in me to get this body out. And again, I thought, what if he just comes out all the way or it comes out because I didn't know the gender? What if this baby just comes out all the way and I miss it? Like, I don't notice it. Again, a baby's body will not exit your body if you are unmedicated without you feeling like every single millimeter of that body tearing through your body. So I kept asking, is he out? Is he out? And when he finally came out, oh, there was like no question in my mind that an entire body had just come out of my body. So Vinny's completely born. He's immediately put up onto my chest. My husband is sitting in the birth tub behind me. There's all sorts of fluid and goo all around us. Luckily, they had warned us in advance to get a little like strainer for a fish pond, a little fish net, to which I did not know why they needed that. But that was to get the poop out of the birth tub as poop was coming out. So at least we didn't have poop floating around in the water. I remember there was one point, this is like so TMI, but I don't believe in TMI when it comes to talking about women's bodies. So 
there was one point when I opened like half of an eye in the middle of like active labor when I was already in the tub. And I remember seeing one of the resident naturopath midwife assistant, like scooping a little turd out of the tub. And I was like, Oh dear God, my poor husband, like my poor husband is just sitting in this water with me and they are doing their very best to clean up the goo, but he's just sitting here. How nice of him. So they pull Vinny out. My husband is sitting behind me in the tub. I have been in every contraction and every push. I was basically bracing myself and pushing my arms and legs out in front of me against the sides of the tub and pushing my back all the way against the back of the tub. And every time I push my back against the back of the tub, I was squeezing my husband's entire body between myself and the back of the tub because he was sitting behind me. So his body got crushed over and over and over again over the course of me giving birth to which he never made any complaints or said anything until the next day when he was like, I'm a little bit sore. And I was like, I was wrecked. Like I was so sore from giving birth. And then he was like, yeah, I'm a little bit sore. And I was like, oh my God, I think I might've squished you a few times. He's like, yeah, a little little bit, just a little bit. (laughs) Um, He had like bruises on his legs from me grabbing his thighs. I mean, it was pretty gnarly, but he never complained. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So the baby's born. The doctor immediately puts the baby on my chest, and we are, like, talking, and, oh, my God, it's over. It's over all these things. Like, it's so great. And then we get to hold him up and we see that it's a boy and that's very exciting. And then 
the doctor gets the baby out of the tub, gets me out of the tub. Like, I mean, the whole series of events. So there's this other lie about after you give birth that all these people told me, like, as soon as you give birth, as soon as the baby comes out, the pain is just all gone and you forget it immediately. So first of all, I did not forget it immediately. I literally remembered the pain of childbirth for months. Every time I went in my shower or my bathroom or I sat on my toilet because I spent so much time laboring there. The other lie is that as soon as you are done with birth, that all the pain is gone because I still had the pain of delivering the placenta, not comfortable. Then uterine massage to stop the bleeding, not comfortable. Like my whole torso was like bruised and scratched the next day from uterine massage. And then I had to get stitches from giving birth to this baby and I had not had an epidural. So my doctor did give me some lidocaine and some numbing, but still like I felt every stitch go in. So I remember saying at one point while I was getting my stitches, like, hello, everyone lied. I was told that there was no pain after this baby came out and there just keeps being more and more phases of pain. The doctor assured me that the stitches was the last phase of pain, which she was right. It was. But I did feel like there was a lot of false advertising around that. So baby's born. And here's what I realized. I went into this thinking because I have proven myself in all these other ways in my life, I can manage this. And the truth is, even if you've proven yourself a lot of ways in your life, there's still a lot of things you can't manage. And there's still a lot of things like you're going to get in the middle of them and they're going to be really messy and really overwhelming and really challenging. And the worst part about it when you're in those things is sometimes, most of the time, you have this realization that the only way out is through. And that can be a devastating realization because there was moments in my labor where I thought, oh my God, the only way for me to get relief is to get this baby out by seeing this through or to have a medical emergency in which I would be transferred to a hospital and I could get drugs. But if I'm having a medical emergency, that means either my child or I are like in imminent danger. So really the only like positive scenario that I could hope for was that I could continue to labor at home in the worst pain and excruciating experience of my life and just hope to get it through with as fast as possible. And when that was the only positive outcome, I'll be honest, that was a little devastating. It was very much like the last six miles of my marathon when I stopped to walk and I realized that walking was much more painful than running and that I had to keep running for six more miles And I completely lost my mind, like crying and screaming. And I had a friend there with me, my friend Catherine, and I was like crying to her and screaming and like completely creating a scene around me. But I said, oh my God, like I have to run the whole rest of the way. I can't even walk. I can't even take a break. I just have to keep going. Again, the only way out is through. And when you have that realization, sometimes that can be absolutely crushing to realize that because sometimes to go through is so much more than you signed up for and so much more than you expected. And you literally like, not only do you think you might not be able to do it, but also like you kind of don't care. Like you're beyond wanting to prove to anyone that you can do it. Like I definitely in my marathon and also in childbirth was like, I don't need to prove anything here. Like I'm done. I'm completely fine saying that like, actually I'm not as much of a badass as I thought. And I give, I get like, give me the drugs show me the finish line, get put me in an ambulance and give me hydration fluids. Like I'm done. And so when I realized in both of those situations that like, I didn't have the option to get out of either situation without a medical emergency. I mean, like quite honestly, these things parallel each other pretty nicely. I didn't have a way out without having a medical emergency. 
that's really overwhelming and daunting and frustrating and maddening and all these things. There was also this piece of me that was like, these people have been at my house for a long time. They probably want some dinner. Like, did they help themselves to the stuff in the fridge? I have extra snacks. Like, please go help yourselves. There's cookies in the cupboard. Like, that's a whole nother thing about a home birth that's a little bit funny is that you're like basically hosting people in your house for like many meals, but you're not participating. It's kind of strange. So my lessons learned from this, I think, are that the glaring realization that I'm not stronger than anyone else. And I really thought, you know, I worked with moms for years leading up to this, my birthing experience. And so many moms who told me like, oh my God, like childbirth is the hardest thing you'll ever do, but you know, you'll get through it and you'll forget the pain quickly and blah, 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 all these things. And I kept thinking, you know, I'm sure it's really hard, but I think I'm going to be okay. And oh my God, I totally wasn't okay. I was a complete mess. It was awful. It sucked. And I'm not stronger than anyone else. Like I got through it because I didn't have another choice. I got through it because the only way out was through, but I was like no like stellar example of strength and perseverance. I only got through it because there was literally no other choice. So that was very humbling. And I remember saying to so many people after that, like, oh my God, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me it was that bad? Also, pretty quickly after that, I was like, if I have a second baby, I don't need to do this whole home birth thing. Like done, checked that off the list, which is exactly how I felt after running a marathon, by the way. Like so many people said, oh, as soon as you recover, like you'll want to do another one. You'll want to like get a better time or go to a fun destination city. And I was like, no, no, never need to do that again. Checked that box. I'm not even like super excited that I checked that box. Like I don't even have a lot of pride in like, oh, I did a marathon. I'm like, yeah, I did that. And I don't ever need to do it again. Very similarly with a home birth. It's not like a huge point of pride for me. Like I think it's an interesting story. I think it's a fascinating thing that I did because it's not super common, but I'm not like, oh, let me tell you why this is the best way. Kind of on the contrary, I'm more like, hey, let me tell you why like drugs might be amazing. (laughs) And I'm not having a second child, but if I were to have a second child, I would actually be really curious to go the medicated route and compare the two experiences and to go the medicated route and feel a little bit more in control of what was happening and feel like I was a little bit more present maybe to what was happening and not bitter and not exhausted and not physically overwhelmed to the point of like barfing from pain. So I think it would be really interesting to actually to do it again and be able to do that compare and contrast. And I know a lot of women who've done it the other direction where they've done like medicated births and then unmedicated births. And I think it's really interesting to just kind of see the differences. For me, you know, everyone has a different birth experience. And I think that easy births can still have trauma. And I think that I definitely had a little bit of that where I thought, and I want to be careful and considerate with how I use the word trauma because there's birth traumas that have like lifelong impact. And mine was not one of those, but there was situations around my birth that like, I literally had a hard time going to my shower and in my bathroom where my toilet is for a while after that. I remembered the pain for a very long time after that, even though I was told by so many people that like you forget the pain immediately and I did not. So I don't want to say that I had a birth trauma because I know that the severity of that can be so significant for so many women. But I will say that I think that my birth experience was traumatizing to me on some level. I also think that there's women who can have traumatic birth experiences and also remember them with so much joy and 
happiness. And so maybe that, you know, like a C-section it can be a traumatic birth experience, but you might not look at it that way. You might be like, oh my gosh, like I got to meet my baby and it was so exciting and so overwhelming. And I didn't even really notice that it was a C-section. So I think that we all internalize those experiences differently and define them in different ways. And for me, I will say like there was some parts of my birth that were traumatic because it was not what I expected honestly, because I was not as strong and as powerful as I thought I would be. Now that said, like I did it, I did it just fine. I did it way faster than my doctor said I would do it, but it's not the way I envisioned it going down. And so for me, that was a lesson for sure. So those were some of my lessons about having a home birth. I'm completely fascinated by childbirth and by natural childbirth and by medicated childbirth. I'm fascinated by home births and hospital births. I did a ton of research on this. I've read a ton of birth stories. I've watched videos. It's like, honestly, I think in another life I could be a doula. Like, I think that this is something that is, it's fascinating to me on so many levels. And also, I'm so glad I never have to give birth again. And that's kind of one of like the blessings and the beautiful things that come out of our infertility journey is that I don't have to do that again. And I think that it's nice to be able to make light of it a little bit in that way. Um, It's nice to bring levity to a situation that's been challenging to me to be like, well, at least I never have to push a big thing out of a small hole. So if you relate to this story, I'd love to know. If you have a birth story that you want to share, I'd love to know. You can definitely reach out on Instagram where this story is posted or DM me on Instagram and let me know your thoughts. Like I said, I'm fascinated by birth. I'm fascinated by the power of the female body. Also, there's some things that this female body has done before that she never needs to do again. And one of those is natural childbirth and the other one is running a marathon. So I would love to know your thoughts on this and what's relatable to you. So definitely please comment over on Instagram or over on our private Facebook group and let me know your experiences and how they maybe are similar or different. Because I think it's really powerful for us to share our birth stories. And like I said, like earlier, I'm like, I don't believe in TMI when it comes to talking girl talk. I think it's important for us to share our birth stories and the ways that we're powerful as women without this like apology about TMI and thinking that we're oversharing. Because I think that we realize the impact of what we can do on a much higher level when we openly share these things. So I hope that that has been impactful to you through this episode and through hearing my story of giving birth at home. Thank you so much for spending time with me today in the Shameless Mom Academy. I really, really appreciate you being here. If this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. Make sure you subscribe to the show so you get all episodes as soon as they're released and you never miss an episode. You can do that by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash review. That will drop you into Apple Podcasts where you can click on the little subscribe button. While you're there, please also rate and review the show. Let me know what you loved. Let me know in what ways you are a shameless mom. And remember, shameless mom of the week nominations come from our reviews. So if you want to be nominated, you got to leave a review. So make sure you leave a review over at shamelessmom.com forward slash review. And lastly, share this episode with other shameless moms in your lives. The way the show grows and the way we build our community is by you all spreading the word. So take a screenshot of this episode, share it on social media, tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Instagram or Facebook. I will make sure I reply as quickly as I possibly can, sending you lots of loves and shout outs. And I can't wait to connect with you there. Until next time, have a great day. And remember, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly.
Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.